we're going to cook the sauce. And you have to pay attention because it's not written down. And she said, okay. Yeah. So she did. And she doesn't remember, you know, like where her keys are now, but she remembers the sauce. And it was all in her head until I went and went away to college. And I said, Mom, you got to write this recipe down. I said, I can't write it down. I don't know. It just, I just do it. I said, well, just write it down because I'm going to need it someday. <sighs> so she did. This is the Real Food, Real People podcast. What's the best marinara sauce you've ever had? You're probably thinking, hmm, I'm not sure. This week's guest may make the best one out there, bar none. Most of the people that we talk with on the podcast grow food. This week, our guest doesn't grow the food, but she is involved in taking what farmers grow and turning it in to something that you can find in a grocery store. And she has an incredible sauce from her mother. She works together with her mom on this project called Manja Creations. Her name is Amy Cords, and she shares her story from way back when growing up around farming, but not being connected to it directly herself, to out of necessity through the recession, taking on this idea of producing food for people to eat. Again, her name is Amy Cords. She's from down in the Battleground, Washington area, and she shares her story with us this week here on the Real Food, Real People podcast, which is documenting our journey across Washington to get to know the real people behind our food. Our sponsors are Mana Insurance Group, and you can find them online at manainsurancegroup.com. Dan Vanderkoy is a classmate of mine, and he founded the company after being in the insurance business. He wanted to do it his way, and he does a great job because he wants to connect with people in an honest, authentic way that helps them plan to protect their financial future in a holistic sense, not just to pick up the pieces when things go wrong, uh, kind of way that lots of people think about when it comes to insurance. So check them out again, manainsurancegroup.com. Also, Dairy Farmers of Washington, sharing the real stories of the people behind dairy and the dairy products created, grown, and produced here in Washington State. There's so many amazing things that happen here in Washington State. And at wadairy.org, you can find out so much more about them, including taking a virtual farm tour. Check it out. Again, Washington Dairy Farmers, wadairy.org. They're very big sponsors of this podcast, and we really appreciate their support. So you're not a farmer, but you produce food. Like You take stuff that people grow yes. and turn it into something people can eat. Yes. Explain. What okay. do you do? We are, we, my mom and I, have a how I describe it as an artisan food company. People always say, what is that? And artisan, it's not artesian. You know, it's smell the same. <laughs> Ish. It depends. It's the emphasis on the wrong syllable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is, is handmade. It's, it's made from the heart. It's made by someone who thought about how this mm -hmm. is going to taste in the end. Um. Because we so, talk about that a lot on the podcast, all the all the human, you know, intent and oh, goodwill yeah. that goes into like growing the plants and the food, animals. If I could grow but the all next of the step, things that go into it, the product that we make, I would do it in a heartbeat, but I I don't see how that would ever be feasible in my whole life. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking that, but, you know, food processing, which mm -hmm. is what you're doing, mm -hmm. is just seen as kind of the man, the 
you know, yeah. factory, well, it but it's not at all, yeah. at least for you guys. No. And it, it didn't ever, it didn't even start that way. It was started as, as a necessity, as, as a way out of, um, a recession mm. back in, I think when it hit Washington was about 11, 12, maybe 10, 11, 12. Um, and my mom's always been a great cook. She's always made great food. We always had everything made from scratch, and I never ate out of a can, and I had to beg for box macaroni and cheese. <laughs> and I got her to give me SpaghettiOs from Chef Boyardee one time, and I hated it, but, you know, all my friends had it, so whatever. But I, I said, oh, this is great, and, and, I'll just, and I never asked for it again. It was fine. Um, but yeah, she, she made this great sauce when I was growing up and it was a Sicilian meat sauce and we just had it all the time. And it was an easy at the time, cheap thing to do. It was ground beef and tomatoes and spices and she'd make four gallons at a time and do it. On Don't give away the secret recipe. I'm now. not, I'm not, There's, you know what the secret <laughs> recipe is, is her. And when you meet her someday, you'll be like, oh, that's exactly what it is. But she would just do it, and and we always had it. We always had good food on the table, even though she worked two and a half hours away each way, mm. put me in daycare at 6 o'clock in the morning, and went to work, and I went to school and went home with a babysitter, and then she came home, and we still had good food on the table because that was important. And so the business that it is now kind of came out of necessity um, and then came out of wow, this stuff's really good and a lot of people like it and it always yeah. blows my mind when we do events that we do and give samples out and people just like, oh my God, this is the best <laughs> thing I've ever had. Like, wow, okay, so this thing that we're talking about is Mama's Marinara Sauce. It's my mom's original recipe marinara. Our company is Manja Creations, M-A-N-J-A, not M-A-N-G-I-A, like it was should be traditionally spelled, but mm. the J-A is because it's her initials. Mm. So that's what I did for her. <laughs> well, <laughs> plus say. most people around here probably wouldn't pronounce the Italian they, correctly. Well, they don't pronounce the non-Italian correctly either, so yeah. we always have to help people. It's okay. Yeah. I've heard a lot of different versions. <laughs> um, but I said, oh, this would be good for you to do for as a retirement job when her other company of 26 years kind of faded away in the recession of mm. 8 to 12 or 14 or however long it lasted. Uh, she had cleaning service for 26 years, mm. and that's what she raised me on. And anyone that poo-poos child labor, I say go ahead and do it because <laughs> I started working at 8 years old, and I'm a great housekeeper, and i you know not been unemployed since I was 8, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Also not had really a vacation since yeah. I was about 7.5, but whatever. This all sounds very much like farming. Yeah, exactly. It's no like, vacations, oh, well, then we had that as a too. kid, learning that work ethic. Yep. And my grandparents were on 80 acres in the center. We, I grew mm. up in Battleground, Washington. Okay. And um, the weekends were going to the farm because that was where my mom needed me to go. <laughs> we have, we both have very strong personalities, and we love each other very, very much. But we also, you know, can can butt heads a little yeah. bit. Um, we are not Italian. It's asked every single time we do an event are you Italian? Why is this so good? She's not, and I'm not even close. And, um, but we do, we have very, very strong personalities and sometimes we just need some distance from each other. <laughs> so it's okay, but we work well together. So it's okay. Speaking of this farm, your grandparents' farm, mm -hmm. 
in LeCenter? LeCenter, Washington. It was 80 acres. It was kind of a joint family operation. Um, my uncle purchased the property, but the only person he knew that had any farming experience was my grandfather, who mm. was at least in his 60s, if not 70s, by the time he bought the property. Beautiful piece of property. It has very, very expensive homes on it now, which kind of kills me. <laughs> I try yeah. not to go buy it if I can help yeah. it, but... Um, big, huge spring-fed lake that we fished on and rode the horses through the pastures where these huge houses are on now. And what they grow? Uh, we had hay. We didn't, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like a huge farming operation. Um, my uncle was not a farmer, and my grandfather had no interest in it at that point in time, but it was, it was property. And so we did hay, and I drove the hay truck at six years old. <laughs> Phone books, I think, were, you know, an integral part oh, yeah. of that operation. But um, <laughs> that's, yeah. So anything anything with a wheel and, and somewhat of a motor from the time I was six, yep. I would totally be all over. Tractors, trucks. We had a few unruly horses, but, you know, nothing crazy. <laughs> we had cattle. We had Herford cattle. And um, the, the butchering and the, the raising of them never bothered me. Had friends with dairy cows. And it just... It didn't, I don't think I, I never, I don't think you ever appreciate your childhood in your childhood. You appreciate it later. Yeah. And I think I should have appreciated it more then, but. So, and you grew up eating this amazing sauce that is now your thing, it's, right? Yeah. It's not exactly as it was when I grew up on it. It was a Sicilian meat sauce that my mom learned from this old Sicilian woman mm. in San Francisco during the sixties. I don't want to know any more <laughs> about what she was doing yeah. in San Francisco <laughs> in the sixties. Yep. I let it go there. Um, and she tells the story and she says that they were, she was hanging out with this gal as a neighbor or someone she knew in the neighborhood or something. And she says, we're going to cook the sauce and you have to pay attention because it's a not written down. And she says, okay. Yeah. So she did. And she doesn't remember, you know, like where her keys are now, but she remembers the sauce. And it was all in her head until I went to college. And I was, I was late going to college because I was doing a lot of other things. But I went and went away to college. And I said, Mom, you got to write this recipe down. I said, I can't write it down. I don't know. It just, I just do it. I said, well, just write it down because I'm going to need it someday. <sighs> so she did. And I've, I've made it. I made, I've made the meat sauce. And then when we got a request to add the sauce to the gift baskets that we were doing for a winery in Vancouver, I said, well, we should do the sauce. She goes, no, I'm not doing it. I said, well, I kind of already told them that you're going to do it. <laughs> she goes, why would you do that? And I said, well, because, you know. But she was already doing uh, handmade artisan pasta. And our, we have a line of hand-dipped chocolate-covered agave caramels and plain caramels. And, and it was, we just kept adding things to this plethora of food that she was making yeah. all herself. Well, and what about the winery? And the winery was, well, they had requested that they needed gift baskets. Like they were building all these gift baskets for like a mortgage company or a, state com okay. or a real estate company. So how were you connected to the winery? I just I make a lot of cold calls. Okay. You know, so I'm you guys trying were to already doing business. food stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So okay. Yeah. So do you should I start from the beginning? No, I keep, I don't you know, <laughs> talking about farms and cows. No, it's and it's all good. It's fine. Um, no, in in two thousand 
2008, I came back from Arizona after being in college down there. And my grandfather was still living. My grandmother had passed away in 2006. He was living in a, a, I guess you call it like a foster care home where it's a small, it's not a, it's not a retirement home. Minimal care, small facility, whatever. Very close. So she was there visiting him every day. She was cooking for the house for the five other residents weekly because she's a great cook. And so she would do like beef roast or chicken and dumplings or ham and scalloped potatoes or, you know, and all these old fashioned farm dishes that yeah. these older people were like, oh God, this is so great. And he passed away in 2011, somewhat suddenly. Uh, yeah. He was 98. I mean, you know, he didn't flip his Corvette on the turnpike, but yeah. we weren't ready to lose him right then. And she just didn't have anything to do anymore. I was working at a job that I didn't particularly like and we were sharing a house because the economy was so bad and she was just making all this food and then all of a sudden she whips out, I can make homemade pasta. <laughs> I was like, oh, hello. <laughs> I'm 30 and you've never told me that you could make pasta. Yeah. I've lived my whole life without having this and she made it and I thought, oh my God, this is great. And that was kind of a fun thing and I know it took a lot of time. So month goes by and we're going to have spaghetti again. And I'm trying to be all health conscious and I get out the gluten-free wheat, whole grain crap pasta, whatever <laughs> from the store and puts, even with the sauce on it, I was like, oh, this still tastes like <laughs> never eating this again. I was like, yeah, you're going to have to start making pasta. So she did. And so she was, she was making it and I said, well, maybe we should think about packaging it. And she said, no. Nobody's going to buy this. You know, we can't do this. And I was like, yeah, just let me, you know, do some research. Yeah. Getting good at this here Google thing. Yeah. And so, I don't know, it just sort of just kept going. I mean, you go down those rabbit holes online and find out what you need for packaging and ingredients and where it has to be made and what kind of stuff you can put into it. And so she did, and she makes this phenomenal pasta. And if I had any... To give out right now, I would, but we have packaging shortages right now. My packaging was held up in transit. So I have pasta. I just don't have anything to put it in. <laughs> but, um, and that developed, you know, it started and it, it was okay. And then it just kept getting better. And then she was at a couple of local grocery stores and, or not grocery stores, but, um, there was a, like a natural, um, farmer's grocery in battleground washington which is where we were Food living co-op kind of thing um not not really a co-op mm. it was a privately owned very expensive grocery store on one end of town that the new people in battleground would shop at mm. <laughs> but mm -hmm. we figured you know it's got a price point this is what we can do so she yep. went in there and she would make the pasta on the table from the dough she'd make the dough at home take the pasta with her, have her a little hand cracker. She'd make fresh pasta. She'd have a thing, a little hot plate. She'd do the thing. I'd be and going there every day if, oh my if God. And I had that. And wine and pasta and whatever. And we didn't even have the sauce then. And so we did that and we did the fish market and we started doing bazaars and, you know, and so it just kind of snowballed on mm -hmm. itself. And then this winery client came along and said, yeah, your pasta's great and candies are great, but we need something else to complete this basket because I'm running around town making all these gift baskets. What about a sauce? And I immediately thought of the Sicilian meat sauce that she makes. Mm -hmm. 
But then I'm reading all the regulations and I'm reading all the, the things that you need to do to put mm. meat in and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, what if we just leave the meat out? What if we just make it a really good marinara sauce? She's like, okay. So we spent a weekend making sauce. And I don't know. It, it's I, it, There were some changes that had to happen to make it more cost effective. But also, so now it's a completely vegan, completely gluten-free sauce. Um, once we had it analyzed, didn't realize this, but it's low in added sugar, which is nothing you can find in the grocery store. It's all six grams of added yeah. sugar, six, eight, yeah. 10 grams I've seen of added sugar in sauce. And it's like, well, why don't you just, you know, pour ketchup on your pasta and call it a day. <laughs> right. Yeah. A lot yeah. of people don't even realize how much sugar is in ketchup. Oh, I know. Well, that's it's why kids like, like it. It's yeah. like, oh, I'm going to dip it in everything. So we have clients that'll buy the sauce and tell, and then they, they do like air fryer vegetables. Mm -hmm. So they've convinced their kids that the vegetables are French fries <laughs> and the sauce <laughs> is ketchup. Because it's still sweet because of the vegetables that are in it. Tricking your kids into eating healthy. Can, you know what? Basically, I, can't say, I was I just can't threatened. Say that I'm above Either that. you eat or don't. Yeah. Those are your choices. <laughs> are you going to yeah. eat? No. Well, then I guess you're going to be hungry, huh? Yeah. Yeah. But That's how whatever. I was raised. Whatever people got to do. I don't know. I don't judge. I don't have kids. That's not my problem. I have a dog that's picking up. It's fine. But, um, yeah, so just developing it and then diving really headfirst into it, not knowing what I'm doing. I still don't know what I'm doing, but whatever. You know, I get through it on a daily basis. Um, what what does it take to t take a sauce like that or anything really from a home recipe mm -hmm. to something that you package, you put it in a jar. Um, you can't probably just put it in a jar the same way you would do home canning because there well, are rules and standards for right. all that. Yep. And what about even the recipe? Like, do you have to put things in them to make it shelf stable? What, what do you do? We had to leave... What she always did with ours was put baking soda in it. Just just a little bit of baking soda in it because it calms the acidity of the tomatoes. So anybody mm -hmm. that and we always and that's actually on the label that says if if you have a problem with acid reflux or tomatoes bother you or you think that this is a little too acidic for your own liking, mm -hmm. um, add just a pinch of baking soda mm -hmm. to the sauce when you're warming it up. And it'll cut that. It'll bubble up, and it looks like a science experiment. It's very fun. And you can do that to, like, garlic-heavy foods and things that, that, that make people not have a fun time eating. Yeah, that's a good trick. I yeah. should try it. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it is a good trick and because uh, you want to enjoy your food. You know, you don't want it biting you back at 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> that's just not <laughs> ever a good time. Yep. But... Um, so we had to, to start leaving things out in, our, in one of her versions of it she would put the the rind of parmesan cheese in it because it's mm. so good mm. and you can still do that if you want to it's right i i highly recommend high cheese usage on anything yeah. it's yeah. fine me too <laughs> what are you putting that cheese on my finger it's fine <laughs> a i always feel awkward at the re at a restaurant when they're putting cheese you know they're and they're like, tell me when to stop. And just, yeah. they keep There's going. There's a movie and clip of that that I just thought of, and I think it's like Leslie Nielsen, and it's, you know, and it's like literally a pile. It's like, that's, yeah. that's I identify me. with that, yes. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we had to leave. So we left the cheese out. We left. We had to leave the baking soda out because that, in a manufacturing standpoint, makes it less shelf-stable. There has to be an acidity content right. to it, a level. 
Because the actual natural acid of the food is preserving it, keeping right. it, keeping bad things from growing in it. Yeah. Never, ever grew anything in it before, <laughs> but, but that's fine. I yeah. mean, I have canned goods that my grandparents canned that I still open. I have blackberry jam that I open on a regular basis. Wow. My grandfather canned in the 90s, and I am fine with it. That's amazing. So, but like I said, I eat things a lot of people would be like, <laughs> eh, nothing's killed me yet. It's fine. So, um, but yeah, you do. You have to. You have to learn all the ins and outs. And so we we were trying to do that. We were trying to say, okay, what is it going to take for us to maintain this on our own and keep it mm-hmm. in our own hands? Um, yeah. So you, we went through that for like a year, and it it was just it was one thing, and then well, you're doing it right, but now you're not doing it right. And you have to do this or you can't do that. So finally, when I did the analytics at the end of um, 18, I was running my own photography and um, wood art business Hmm. and running her business at the same time. And it had been good. And I I had some good accounts and I was enjoying it. But I couldn't do both effectively. And so I was like, well, what do I do? Do I stick with this and push hers off to the side or do we go with the thing that everybody needs i think everyone should have art you can't stare at your phone on the wall and the power is going to go out someday so buy art i think there's a funny meme about that (laughs) (laughs) buy buy art in case your phone dies someday yeah um but i said well let's do this let's just see what happens i can always pick this up again or reinvent it or add to it or whatever we're going to do and so that was in end of 18 and 19. It just kind of took over. I think we did 64 events in 36 weeks. Wow. She's like, why am I so tired? I, was like, I don't know. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> it's like going on tour mm-hmm. kind of thing. I had, there were times, that's all I did was unload one car into the other and i was getting <laughs> supplies and she was in the kitchen so events like farmers markets or like farmers what? markets bazaars food events we worked with mary hill wineries up in goldendale um mm. we did all their major weekend events so we'd be up there three or four days um the dog traveled very well he was a little greeter at the winery <laughs> it was great everybody knew him um yeah it just and you just kind of just kept going it was good and then 2020 happened. You're like, oh, yeah. Now what do I do? So, so are you are you able to sell quite a bit of this product doing that, or are you still kind of in a brand building phase? Where are you um, at with that? I think that we were in. We had a very very strong brand in the area that we were in, mm-hmm. but the area that we were in was also, if you're right in front of me, I will buy this from you. Yeah. All the events that we did in 2018, and I say we, but it was her. And my mom is great, and I will get you pictures, and you can, you know, <laughs> she's fantastic. And someday you'll meet her and talk to her and, and add on to this, and you'll go, oh God. Have her on the, we'll have her on the podcast <laughs> oh, someday. Lord. Yeah, yeah. I will, I will highly medicate myself probably <laughs> before that happens. No. She's wonderful. Um, she's, she's a force. But, she was doing all of this and I was just basically pointing her in the direction. She was like, where am I going today? I was like, this is where you're going. (laughs) I'll see you at five or six o'clock tonight when I get back from doing all the other things I'm doing. And, um, 
I think it, food is good because especially if you can sample, and that was also another caveat of 2020 is that even if we had gone to farmer's markets like we had been, and, and several of them did open back up, and but there were so many regulations and so many things that you couldn't do. We couldn't do sampling. Sampling is what sells that product. You know, it's just like, I mean, Costco wouldn't do it if, if it didn't sell. So we basically just took 2020 as a timeout. Mm. Um, but in 19, like I said, 64 dates and 39 weeks or whatever. And it was sampling and it was getting this product into people's mouths and saying, oh my God, this is the best sauce I've ever had. And I'm not tooting my own horn or hers. It's actually what people say. Written it out in front of public and God and everybody. And I, I'm always surprised because I was like, yeah, it's good. You know, I, I, I love it. I think it's. But a, you take it for granted because you grew up with it. Apparently I do. I guess I do. When you were a kid having the original, you know, meat version of this sauce, which is still, I'm sure it tastes very similar. Oh, yeah. Well, and the, the, the fact that it is, it is vegan and is gluten free. But it's slow simmered and it has a huge amount of, of vegetables in it. And because it's so slowly cooked, even now in our production facility, that's one of the requirements that we have. It has yeah. to be slow simmered. There's no substitute for getting the flavors yeah, to combine. You can't, you can't put it into, into a, a pressure cooker and make it cook faster. It yeah. doesn't do that. So everything comes together and all the herbs and spices and how well balanced it is. And I love it when I have foodies come and they taste it. Yeah. And they go, oh, my God, this is really good. It's really, really good. And, you know, little kids, like just you know, it's all over their face when they do it. And I just love it. <laughs> mom, we got to have the green noodles to go along with it because my mom makes uh, uh, spinach pasta. And so everything is a handmade artisan pasta, fresh farm eggs, fresh spinach, um, she does egg pasta. Everything has fresh roasted garlic in it. So garlic is good. It keeps you well, keeps, <laughs> keeps sick people away from you. Yeah. And it also, <laughs> you know, I think it's an analgesic and, you know, yeah. whatever. Makes you feel good. Um, so, yeah, I love that. And it just surprises me. When you were a kid, though, did you know how good the sauce was? Like, did you love it then or was it just kind of well, normal? Well, I mean, I, I loved, I ate it. And I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a picky eater, but I'm, I wasn't, I wasn't the kid that was like, I'm not going to eat that because I just wasn't way it was at our house. Mm -hmm. She said, you're going to eat this. And if you don't like, you try a little bit of it. If you don't like it, that's fine. And then she'd mm -hmm. give it back to me in a couple months. And oh, yeah. But I always grew up with vegetables and mm. she grew, her mom, my grandmother, God bless her soul. She had a lot of talents and she was a wonderful baker and she could make cakes and biscuits that floated off the plate. She couldn't cook to save her life. Hmm. She couldn't. I mean, she'd boil everything to death, and it just was bad. And if it, she came into it during the Depression, so as soon as canned goods and, and everything that was easy was coming in, she was like, oh, I'm all over that. Yeah. And my mom was like, no, I'm cooking everything from scratch. But, yeah, my grandma was not a good cook, and that's what my mom always says is that she wasn't a good cook, and that's why I had to be. Hmm. And she loved food, and she's tiny. She's like 120 pounds. She's five two on a good day and i watched her eat we were at the ribeye on i-5 last night coming back from seattle <laughs> it's out of out of Shehalas and it's phenomenal it, it looks like a truck stop and it kind of is but the food is incredible i love places like this. <laughs> and they, 
she orders a chicken fried steak and it's like this big. It's it's huge. And she put that away. And she did. I was like, I gotta feed her more often. <laughs> I think I just throw food at her just yeah. to keep her calm. But yeah, she she did not have any leftovers last night. So That's awesome. Well, but yeah, I don't know if I knew it was that good. But I I guess I kind of knew that it was that good a few years back when I said, yeah, I think other people would like this, and they do. And going into a production facility, we were actually set to be on the market full scale in 2020. Hmm. Grocery stores and big events like Newport Sea, I, which I think is a big event, Newport Seafood Crab Festival in mm-hmm. Astoria, um, Gilroy Garlic Festival, that kind of thing. 25,000 people. And yeah. none of that happened in 2020. Um, so that was very disappointing. But I knew that this product could carry off that because mm-hmm. it's so unique and it's it's great. So... How do you let people know that it's unique? Like, if I just see it on a shelf at mm-hmm. a store, how am I going to know it's any different than the other run-of-the-mill sauces around it? Well, I hope that the packaging has helped. Um, mm. Our label is different from anybody else's. It did a lot of research before. I was doing all the labeling. I was doing all the marketing. I did all the food photography, um, mm. all the label design, all of the <laughs> there's a There's great Ginger Rogers quote it says you know i'm dancing backwards in high heels and that's exactly yeah. what it is, is that i and a kenny chesney song actually it's yeah. one of my favorite songs it's i do everything yeah. and but she's cooking and she's doing all the production but i'm doing all the facilitating um so trying to make the label at least unique mm-hmm. and but i think that that's why we kind of do the events um when we are approaching grocery chains it's the smaller ones and saying hey we can come in and do a tasting event you know just just like yeah. costco would yeah um try this and see if you like it and if you don't like it it's okay there's been like three people i think in the last five years that have said oh god that's terrible really <laughs> and then everyone else says it's the best oh sauce they've ever god. had it's like okay well that's all right it's not every, Every, everybody's tastes are different i guess yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's fine so you just have to get it to people but you buy stuff at the grocery store all the time without knowing how it tastes well and that's that's a good point about people poo poo branding labeling logos things like that but in a crowded market space, how else are you going to differentiate yourself so yeah. someone buys your product? and know, Because you know that you have something different in that jar than the jar next to it. Yeah, I wanted it to But look, how do I, I know mean, that? I wanted when it I'm to just... be identifiable, but I wanted it to stand out. Didn't mm-hmm. want it to be a cartoon. Yeah. Um, you know, we went through several versions. I have a, a graphic design artist. Her name is Michelle Marquez, mm. and she's wonderful, and she's a friend of ours. And she said, I want to work on this with you. And I said, okay, you know, here's my idea. Here's kind of what I thought I wanted to look like. I had the photograph that I'd done, which is still on our label. And um, I said, we want to use this. And she said, well, let's do this. And she gave me and I said, no, it looks, it looks like other people, so I want mm-hmm. it to look different. So, she, you know, we went back and forth and we figured it out. And I get a lot of compliments on it. It's so funny. Like, people won't even buy the sauce. And they'll come by and they're like, I love your sign. <laughs> I, love, I have these great aprons. I should have brought one. They're fantastic. I just got the embroidery done on them this week. And they're like a work, either like a shop apron. They're like brown canvas. People are like, oh, my God, I love your aprons. 
Okay. The sauce is good, too. You should try that. I'm just saying. How do you get into grocery stores? Because I understand it's like people think there's just stuff know. on you shelves. But me. like, they're, well, it, correct me if, my wrong, if I'm wrong, but like different companies, food companies own different shelf space or rent it or something like that in a grocery store. So you can't just put well, food wherever. I mean, you've had growers on. And so I was listening yep. to some of your podcasts to, to get information and say, how do I do this? And mm-hmm. I think what I'm hearing, especially if you're a small grower or if you're, you know, someone who's regional or you have a limited amount of production, um, which we realistically do at this point, and I kind of want to keep it that way. I don't want this to be a Costco or Safeway or Albertsons product because it's just, it's not, that's not, it. it's just not feasible yeah. for it. Um, so the best, uh, the best answer I can give to that is that I just, call or show up and be like here's my stuff and taste Mm -hmm. it and i don't know give a smile and a wink and hopefully that works i don't know usually when people taste it they like it and they want it it's just a matter of how do i sell it in the grocery store um and then my only answer to that is saying let me set up in your aisle one day and hand out samples and give people a good deal and and then maybe it'll work so I mean, I don't know. I hear no every day, so it doesn't really phase me anymore. Yeah. And it's got to be, you know, I don't know, inspected, approved, labeled, food safe, all of that. We're in a USDA approved um, packaging facility. The person who does our bottling is in Vancouver, Washington, Mm. and his name is Conan Miller. Mm. And he owns Conan's Juju Sauces, which are also fantastic. He has his own line of... of, um, like Caribbean style spices mm. and and handmade or uh, his own mixes of of spices and hot sauces and drink mixes and he's working with uh, McMinimums and supplies them with all of these things in their own brands and their own labeling and that kind of thing. We had a packager in Portland at the beginning of 2020, actually end of 19, going into 2020, and it just didn't work out. We did mm. not mesh well together. There was some some personality clashes say that not fun drama but hey you moved on and you found a different solution and it's hard when you go from from doing everything yourself and saying i'm you know i know i have to redesign this label i have to take the pictures i have to to get the design done i have to make the sticker order i have to get them printed um in the meantime we have to get all of these other things into productions but i'll know i'll have the stickers and i'll know i have all this other stuff And then I know that I have my product. But when those four elements are in other people's hands Mm -hmm. and they're not on my time frame, (laughs) it gets a little, you know. So you guys, you you cook it in your own facility. So what do you have, like a commercial kitchen or like? We are not cooking it anymore. It is completely in Conan's hands. Okay. Um, But we went through three months, four months of the recipe. I mean, mm-hmm. it's 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 her recipe. She we we went into contract with him. Um, he is our co-packer, mm. so he makes it exactly the way she says it. We tasted five or six different versions of it, and we finally got it to where if she cooked nice. one and he cooked one, you can tell the difference. That's yeah. awesome. So it is, and it's the thickness, and it's the melding, and you know, and it's all that, and then. 
gets to do it in like 40 gallon vats. And yeah. She could never do that. You know what? We, we did a large event this last weekend and there's no, I mean, I, I did the math and I was like, to what we sold and what it would have taken you to make it, it, it would have been a month. You know, mm-hmm. for him, it was like two days. Yeah. So, because he has the facility, because he has a facility to do it and, yep. and staff. And people are like, Oh, how many people are in your company? And I'm like, Well, you're looking at one of them. <laughs> 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 Who's your distributor? That'd be me. <laughs> Who's your market? That'd be me. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Roll out a sign. That's yep. what I do. Yep. Whatever. So, so he does it all. What about sourcing the ingredients? Are you involved with that? I'm trying to get us. And that's one of the things that I've I've talked to actually some of the farmers that you've had on your show. Nice. And that's what I want to do. And so anyone that's listening, if you have a Washington or Oregon farm, we're trying to stay northwest, but Washington's yeah. even better. Um, I would like to source all of my vegetables. People are so funny. They're like, oh, do you grow all your own tomatoes? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I have 50,000 acres yeah, in Washington exactly. State that I grow tomatoes year-round. <laughs> Good luck Absolutely. with that. Yes. Yeah. No, we have, to, you know, and that has to be canned. If I were to, to, there's a base sauce that has to go into the sauce. And anybody that's made it on their own knows that that's absolutely true. There are things in those sauces that I would like to leave out. But to do that, I would have to have my own bottling facility for my own tomato mm-hmm. sauce, paste, and tomatoes. Maybe and, you'll get there you know, someday. Maybe I can get there someday. Yeah. Maybe it'll be like A&M instead of S&W, <laughs> you know, whatever. Cause, and I want some goats and chickens too, but, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, so he sources everything. We're trying to get it to where it is a Washington source product. Mm. I'm looking at... The wine now, we had a wine that took me a while to find, and they have stopped production of it mm. because we are a vegan certified product. We have to have a vegan wine. Mm-hmm. Would you like to know what makes wine vegan? Yes. Yes, you would. <laughs> yes. Good, because I Honestly, had a winery I email me back today. I didn't know that there was today. non-vegan wine. <laughs> I didn't either. But, yeah. And it made me almost want to stop drinking wine. Mm. Um, I had a winery email me back today that I had sent requests out to i don't know 25 or so supposedly certified vegan wineries yesterday and the then the response was well what makes a wine vegan like well you're the vegan winery you should tell me but apparently it is in the what they call the fining process which Mm. if i'm remembering right and i understand this correctly it's when they bottle it they have to put an additive into it that makes the sediment separate Mm -hmm. so it doesn't stay foggy right and it will you know collect in the bottom um if it's a non-vegan wine they will use a milk or an egg protein Mm. some have used shellfish proteins which can be harmful to people who are severely allergic to shellfish right even though it's a tiny amount going into something you know anaphylactic shock's not fun for anybody um or and this is the grossest one fish bladder protein like how many fish do you have to get to use yeah their, that's yeah, I don't just gross know. i don't even want to know. know so hey, but I was, if it makes good wine whatever i was just i'm like, down i'm fine it just don't tell me what's in it <laughs> it's like when you go to the international district in seattle i'll eat it or i've had some family barbecues i'm just like it smells good i'll eat it <laughs> Don't tell me what's in it. It's fine. So what do they do for vegan wine? What's the they some other kind of protein? Don't. 
And oh. um, they have a different process. Mm. So they See, eliminate I, I, those. I, now I have to go back to the winemakers we've had on the podcast and quiz them about this. Well, like and Carry Shields some, or Codin. And, yeah, yeah. Find out, like, okay, how does this work? And if they're not, and it might just be something because, and that's another certification, though. Yeah. And so if you want to say I'm a vegan product or I'm a gluten-free product, you have to be able to say everything that goes into it are all of those things. Yeah. And some of their vintages, some, some wine vintages may be vegan. They may not use that element, and then some of them may be. And so, mm. like, we've had to go, well, I can use 2010, but I can't use 11. But I can use 12, but I can't use 14, you know. And because they've added them in or back or they couldn't get the product or couldn't, I don't know, you know. And That's, that's super thing. And detailed, like, yeah. Ah, yes, this is fun. People are like, I should have my own business. <laughs> It must just be so much fun. All you yeah, just get to make your own right. hours, and you hang out and sleep in late, and you travel all the time. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly the way it goes. <laughs> Where am I right now? What was the last time I slept? I don't know. It's fine. So, yes. So, we are in a production facility now, and he's wonderful. But because of COVID and all the supply chain issues, we have glass shortages oh boy we have metal lid shortages we have rubber ceiling issues you know i mean and so we're trying to work our way through all of this and what we're actually hoping to do because we would become a zero carbon footprint company and a completely made in washington company is that in the same facility in east vancouver it's called the vancouver innovation center it's the old uh headquarters for HP mm. in East Vancouver, which used to be the end of the world in Vancouver, like mill plane stopped right where HP <laughs> was, and now <laughs> it's Camus, and it just goes on. Yeah. But that's where the facility is. Um, they have a pouch maker, so we, like you've seen mm-hmm. the salad dressings and the sauces and stuff in mm-hmm. your vegan section of Fred Meyer or your refrigerated section, whatever. Um, and they make the pouches right there, and they do all the labeling right there, and then it walks itself over to my production facility, and it gets filled up with sauce. So we're trying to make sure that the packaging will take the heat mm. for it to be packaged. Because it has to go into the package hot. It has to go in the package hot. It has to cool at a certain rate, and mm. again, it's in his hands. I know what I had to do when I was canning, and I have the burn scars to prove it, but... That's so not, you could get that's like that's not my thing anymore. <laughs> that's his thing. Yeah. So I'm be a like, lot less packaging then. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, then it's you just package, open up the package, squeeze it out, and you're good to go. It has a it has a spout on it, and it's clear, and it has our labeling and, and branding and everything right on it. So that's not another element. So think of the guacamole, the uh, guacamole that I used to get that way. That's that a little w- gross. That it would come in. Gua- the same, that's the thing is that is that going to go? I mean, how yeah. many people? And, and you know, let's do a little, little little web survey right now. Yeah. If you would buy marinara in a squeeze pouch, please check yes. Because I ask people that when they buy it. Like if this yeah. wasn't in a glass jar and it was in a squeeze pouch, would you still buy it? And they're like, yeah, because it tastes so great. I'm like, well. Yeah, talk about know. a carbon, <laughs> carbon footprint mm-hmm. reduction. Mm-hmm. Because it's, Big I mean, time. all the glass that we get right now, we and and other companies, it's almost co- always coming from China. Mm-hmm. 
And then if the shipping lines slow down or China says, sorry, we're not giving you anything, yeah, then we don't have it. And that's, that's part of the reason I had a fairly sizable garden, you know, the last time I had a house to live in, which was last year, because I wanted to make sure they at least had some fresh food. And I love it. And I love farming. And I love gardening. And I could just be out there in the dirt. That's the cleanest <laughs> my fingernails have been in a long time. I could be out in the dirt all the time. I love it. So. Well, thank you for producing delicious food. Thank you. Because, I mean. You haven't even had it yet. Yeah, I brought you a sample. Sharing, sharing this whole story, it's not like you just did it. Okay. I'm mean, I, I shouldn't, you know, probably chug, you know, marinara sauce I've on the podcast. I've seen people open it and but. use their finger. I'm just saying. <laughs> but. Well, I'm going to to <laughs> take check good. this out here shortly after the yeah. we wrap. Up, I usually have a can or a jar in my purse because I like calamari. I like seafood. There and you when go. I go into a restaurant and they go, "What kind of sauce do you want?" I'm like, yeah, I, got "I got my, my own." own. But, you know, it's a lot of work to put this all together, as you've described. Yeah. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes an awful lot of work. It takes hoops to be jumped through that you're still jumping through. Yeah. And best of luck to you. Thank you. As you continue on with this. Thank you. So, But yeah. mostly thanks for, well, not mostly, but thank you for taking the time to, to chat with us here Absolutely. on the podcast thank and, and inviting me yeah share the whole story and i'm pumped to hear that you're trying to maybe even source some stuff from other people on the podcast. oh yeah. maybe we could get a whole movement going yeah. here of you know collaboration across the state absolutely well that's what we want to do is have it be a, a totally made in washington product wine vegetables herbs uh tomatoes if you got them bring them on <laughs> you know i know it's not it's it, Growing tomatoes in Washington State well, is let's not. Let's go talk to Manuel Imperial. I I know. I was listening to that. I was like, I need we'll to get talk you to going. this man. Yep. So yeah, absolutely. We because if you can do it from where you are, and we can even even if it goes beyond Washington, which would be great, but we want it to be just something good that comes from the heart, and that's what we always say is that it's it's good food and good family and. We want to feed you. You know, nobody's ever walked out of my mom's house hungry. Nobody, And she said, if you sit down at my table and you leave hungry, it's your own fault. <laughs> because she, she'll, she'll more than feed you. Um, it was just always a warm, welcoming, open space. Friends were over. Family was there. And we're not a huge family, but there was just a huge amount of love and food in the house. And, and food is love. So, you know. If I can't fix you, I can at least feed you. <laughs> so if I if I buy your sauce, it's a little bit of that family warmth. I'll right tell you what, in the, jar. the sauce is a good start. There's some other stuff that might be added to the line as we go on. We keep All getting right. requests for different sauce versions. We are going to mm -hmm. be putting out a recipe book. Um, not so much a recipe book, but like how to use it because yep. it's more than just spaghetti and meatballs. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. 25 50 pages and but then there's some other stuff like soups and broths and stuff that we may progressively add because it's just too much good to just keep to myself where can people find this stuff right now we are doing the market scene um so i would say look us up on instagram and facebook at manja creations m-a-n-j-a creations we have manjacreations.com i try to keep the schedule updated i'm always adding new events and right now we're going into holiday season in the portland vancouver area so it's going to be 
there's two without my calendar in front of me it's going to be two big holiday gift shows um in portland that i know we're doing um and a couple other you know small bazaars we like we like to support the school bazaars because that's how she started Mm. but with covid a lot of things are canceled yeah true um i'd like to think we could do everything online but i just so can you buy the sauce online? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yes. And we are doing case prices. Mondracreations.com. I'm offering case prices for the holidays. So 24, we have a four ounce jar, which is in that bag, mm-hmm. um, which we started as our answer to COVID and not being able to sample. So we could sell that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's a little baby jar. Isn't it the cutest thing you've ever seen? Yeah. Um, but we were offering that for sale for people who had not had it or had not had it in a while. And they could buy that jar. If they liked it, they could come back, get that purchase price off of the full-size mm-hmm. jar. So that was our answer to sampling. But it got really popular, and there were a lot of people who are traveling and single individuals who like to have it or they want to carry it around in their purse like I do. You never know. You could get stuck waiting for a tow truck. Always have food with you. <laughs> and um, so we have that in the 16-ounce jar. But we have case prices on both, and they're on the website. And you can do individuals, and we'll also do gift baskets and bags for the holidays with the pasta and the candy. So, yeah, we're, we're very diverse. <laughs> well, thanks for taking the time to, to share your <laughs> story you. with as busy as you are going to all these things. I, I really appreciate you chatting Thank with you. us here. I appreciate it, you know, and just fly by night and... Here I am, and I'll be somewhere else tomorrow. I'm not sure where that's going to be, but I'll look at the calendar. So, This is the Real Food, Real People podcast. These are the stories of the people who grow your food. 